sitting in this school pickup line has me feeling hangry. Here, take a hit of this delicious chronic. Jay, not here. I mean, bye. Take a bite. Mmm. This sub is fire. I'm going to have to confiscate this contraband. This podcast is sponsored by Chiba Hut. Chiba Hut's toasted subs have been curing munchies since 1998. This cannabis-themed sub shop brings all the high fives and good vibes, combining homegrown food, real people, and a relaxed environment. Chiba Hut is the perfect gift for the holidays. Catering for all your parties this month is so easy with their fat sacks and hot boxes. So puff puff pass that Chiba love this holiday season. Visit ChibaHut.com to find your nearest sub shop. You've made it. We're glad to see you back. I'm Sunny D. And I'm Captain J. And we're we're the the Pot Smoking Smoking Moms. If you like us, adore us, please rate, subscribe, share, and be friends with us on all of our social medias. We try very hard to entertain you on the podcast and off the podcast. We have a nifty website, potsmokingmoms.com. That's where we post all our updates. And uh, you should just go there and just connect with us on all platforms. Yeah, please definitely check out our website, you know, check out our partners and our sponsors that we work with. And we do want to welcome a very special person that is here with us today and now will be on the back end and probably part of the show here and there. Yeah, you might have seen him around or heard him around when we had the game show going. If you've been following us for a long time, you know who he is. And we want to welcome Uncle Jesse to the show. He's going to be producing Hey, everybody. Good to be here behind the scenes. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) Well, uh, do you have something ready and packed to smoke? Because if you don't, you should get it now. We got our smoke session. We're about to kick it off. Special thanks to Fluent for sponsoring our smoke sesh on the podcast. Please sign up for their rewards using our link in um in our on our website or the link in bio on our Instagram page. Yeah, you can find it in both spots. What you got there in that uh, bong there? Today I got a hybrid white runs. It's a longtime California favorite and Leafly's 2020 strain of the year. White runs is a balanced hybrid from parents gelato and Skittles. 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 Known for its candy-like flavor profile. Profile. Major terpenes include limonene and linalool. Work together to create one of the sweetest strains available with a sour, fruity, and floral flavor profile. Like candy for adults, White Runts is the perfect strain for hanging out with friends, bringing on a happy, chatty, yet relaxed feeling. Users of the strain have reported benefits in relieving stress, anxiety, and depression. Nice. I got biscottis. 
Crack into the baked goodness of biscotti, an indica-leaning hybrid that sweetness fills your body and mind. Taste the joy and sugar cookie flavors from the strain that radiates its positive forces. I want to shake the hand of the person who wrote the description for it. Indulge your palate with biscotti before feeling the positive positivity flow and entering a relaxed, unfocused, and blissful state. Patients claim the strain can relieve stress, pain, anxiety, depression, mood swings, lucky for you guys, stress, and more. It relieves stress so much they had to say stress twice. Yeah, it's the stress squared. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Honestly, I feel all cannabis relieves stress. To a At certain degree, yeah. All the ones, I mean, you could definitely get some high THC ones that can bring on the anxiety. If you're not. And having the elite, and having a legal market where you have things that you see what the strains are. Uh, actually, I've smoked weed that I don't like. I've I never thought it would be possible to find weed I don't like. But when it you happens. have the options available to you. When you have a plethora of I know, options. selections to choose from. <laughs> We're so lucky. I want to, you know, I'm thankful for that. We are lucky. And that we have medical. Hopefully we'll have a wreck soon. Yep. So this week we don't have another interview. It's just us. Uh, but we do want to remind you again that the last prisoner project fundraiser that we're doing is still on our Instagram profile. It's going to be done about a day by the time this airs. So if you can give a little bit, whatever amount, doesn't matter. It, it will go a long way um, to help the families of prisoners and you know, cannabis prisoners. It is the holiday season. So they're doing gifts for family members and things like that. If you can't contribute, maybe check out their website and see if you could do the letter writing program that Stephanie told us about. Yeah. Hey, and also we want to give a special thanks to our patrons. Uh, they get to watch this episode and you can too by becoming a patron. Uh, check out our way, our website to see how you can support us on Patreon and see all the additional perks pa patrons get. Discord being one of them. If you can't contribute, that's fine. Just please share our content, you know, interact with our posts on social media to help push it out there. And that really goes a long way. Leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. That is also helpful. Let us know that you did that review and we will send you a sticker. Hell yeah. We have a special announcement. Announcement. We got something plan that we're planning that's special. Uh, we have a PSM live Christmas special, uh, December 21st at 8 PM. There's going to be, it's going to be, so our episode, our podcast episode is going to be live streamed. You're going to have an opportunity to be a part of the episode. Uh, you could chat with us on the episode. We're going to have games, prizes, some special guests. So please join us December yeah, 21st at 8 PM. We're going to have sketches for you. I mean, it's going to be a special, it's a special, special. <laughs> a PSM special. A PSM a special dankness. Especial. Especial. Para ti. <laughs> <coughs> What's up with Snoop smoking in the. He's oh, okay. Eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I saw this clip on Instagram and I wanted to share it. Um, so it was, I found it on Instagram. I think it was memes are that shared it. I can't remember the show that it's on. It's like South 85 or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, where they. Just run the clip. Snoop running, uh, smoking in the White House. So I'm moving around. I'm like, nigga, I'm in the White House now. I need to move around, nigga. Fuck all that. 
I move around to the kitchen. I'm like, where the butler at? And the butler come out the back. It's a nigga, too. I'm like, what's up, cuz? I'm like, where the bathroom at? Come, I'm trying to woo-woo. He said, you trying to do number one, number two? I said, nigga, I'm trying to woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> number three, nigga. Number three. Where is that, nigga? That nigga said, uh, two doors down that way. <laughs> right, right. I said, you sure? He said, yeah, the smooth, the, fel the, smooth, the food smell gonna drown. And I said, this shit here loud, nigga. <laughs> So I went to the bathroom, pulled it out my sock, because, you know, Secret Service and patted the niggas down a hundred right. times, but they didn't feel that thing down there. Right. Mm, pull him on out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iggy! Iggy! That is great. Can you imagine smoking weed in the White House? That's a badass. Uh, only that's only like, Snoop Dogg would be able to get away with that, exactly. too. Exactly. Only Snoop Dogg could get I wonder, oh, well, uh, and, uh, and uh, who's a country singer? Oh, Willie Nelson Willie did Nelson it. Willie Nelson did it too. He did it on the roof of the White House, is what I heard. Yeah, that's yeah. like the first episode of of uh, uh, Weed History. Yeah, great moments of Weed History. They do that story. Yeah, that's pretty. So yeah, fun. only Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg could get a, get away with that. I like the woo woo. I'm trying to woo woo. Yeah, the like, guys like what? Are like, we gonna start one, calling it that now? Yeah, let's yeah, go. Let's do it. Hey, want to go woo woo? Then let's go woo woo. <laughs> Apparently, we're not supposed to call it pot anymore, even though we're the pot smoking moms. Yeah. So maybe now we will be referring it to. So somebody that I interact with on TikTok, she knows we're pot smoking moms. Like my hands was pot smoking mom. She sent me this video and I was a little bit annoyed by it. <laughs> Roll the clip. <laughs> you know, the fastest way to know somebody doesn't smoke. Like either they never smoked or they used to smoke like back in the 70s, but they're not really hip anymore. If somebody refers to it as pot, if you call that sticky, icky pot, <laughs> bro, you don't smoke no more. This dude out here calling it sticky, icky can <laughs> shut the hell up because, I mean, we don't really refer to it as pot. We I really feel call like it sticky, weed. Sticky, icky is almost just as old. I know. As the, the sticky, word icky. Pot. Yeah, I'm like, what? You sound super. I mean, he's probably trying to fall like, low below the radar. You're saying pot is old timey. What? Just when people get old, they stop smoking pot. Why wouldn't people that call it pot still be smoking now if they're still alive? You know, yeah. there's people that smoke to the day they die. I know I will. <laughs> right. But. I mean, we we call our podcast "Pot Smoking Moms." We don't refer to it as "pot." We I, usually I just rarely call it weed, ever but, use that word. But I would never be like, "Oh, that person's a what's it called? Like <laughs> a what? Huh? A narc or no something? More. They don't smoke no more." And then I was like looking in the comments because you know you could see your buddies' comments on 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 TikTok videos, and one of our buddies, Shelby, was like, "Dope." She added the she added that "dope" was also one of those terms that people either don't smoke it anymore or i feel like dope you old if you say it yeah but i feel like dope dopes has more of like a <laughs> like a cop connotation like a like a you know what i'm saying like a what am i looking for like a i feel like dope is like dope is used like, for other drugs more. like a negative connotation to weed it's like dope don't smoke dope like that's part of the whole all the propaganda that they would fill people up yeah. with but dope is also like really cool. That shit is dope. That shit is dope. Yeah. So because drugs are really cool, apparently. <laughs> I guess that's so where cool. that came from. So cool. <laughs> uh well, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. I mean, 
I had to drive out to Brandon, went to my mom's house. It was nice because it was mostly immediate family. Wait, wait, wait. This is my question I have to ask you. Who drove? Hubby. I got to be both ways. Both ways. Both ways. He bitched bitched the way back, but I was like, you didn't do shit on weekend. He was mostly like, you know, in the room, not socializing as much. Hanging out. (laughs) I like Al Bundy, just chilling. But he was like exhausted because the beds we slept on were not very comfortable. So he was like, I mean, I can never really get good sleep when I'm not home. Exactly. I mean, I can't even get good sleep when I am home. So it's like, forget about it when I'm not home. I just love my bed. But yeah, so uh, mostly just immediate family. So it was my brothers, my aunt. um, And the only ones that weren't like immediate family was my my step, my mom's husband's parents. Okay. So everybody else, it was just my brothers and my aunt and her husband, her her husband-to-be. She's about to get married. My aunt, the pot smoking aunt. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually, better. I'm like, oh, you. Pro- she probably goes all the way out there to see her because she seems she's pretty. Cool. Yeah, she's always <laughs> she's cool. She's always trying to get. She, weed she from was you. getting mad. Yeah, and she was getting mad. Like I, I stepped out of the front door with my brother for a second. Oh, without her. And, yeah, and but it was uh-huh. just because he wanted to show me the weed he had in the car. Oh. We didn't go smoke it. He just wanted to show it to uh-huh. me because we didn't. He just got there. We weren't gonna go immediately go smoke weed. Uh, but we came back in and she gave me this face like. <gasps> Why'd you go without you, me? Why didn't you call me? I uh-huh. was like, we didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Not yet. We haven't done it yet. We're just looking at it. <laughs> I'd say the coolest thing of the weekend was that, well, besides the next day when I go Black Friday shopping, which I'll go on that. But, oh, yeah. Um, We watched like old home videos. Oh, you guys did? But like super old, like before my time old. The first video oh, we watched Lord. was my mom's second wedding. So I was in it. Okay. I, and I was like four years old, which was really weird to see myself as because four years you've old. never like, okay. Video, well, is this not the first pictures. time? Do you do you remember anything from the event? And is this the first I time was you watching, see this footage? I was. I think it's. I think I've seen the footage before because the beginning part where they show my mom getting ready in my abuel- in my abuela's room, it it felt Feels like familiar. I've seen it. So uh-huh. I don't know if I saw it because I was there in the room. When uh-huh. it happened. Or pictures or something maybe. Or no no no. Okay. The, what the things that she said like. You know, oh, okay. so I don't know if it's because I've seen the video before or if it's a memory that I remember that that happening. Uh, she says that she's never seen the video before because mm-hmm. she got the video from uh, her uncle, who was the one in the family that owned a camcorder. OK, and he had <laughs> he had done the video. We didn't have phones with video cameras <laughs> on them back then. Yeah, it was like 1986. Yeah. The recorders are like this big. You had to carry the VCR on the side. He did a horrible job. We were laughing. Oh, like, it was terrible. Yeah, I mean, he's not. Well, but I'm a videographer. It was the 80s. But also doing. probably the technology wasn't there yet. There was no, no but just like the shakiness mode. and the right. shock. Like what, like the where he stood, you can see shit because everybody would stand up oh. to when the, the bride comes in. So mm-hmm. you didn't see any other people walking. So me and my cousin walked the wedding together. It was just super cute. Oh, my mm-hmm. cousin was also at, at um, the Thanksgiving. My cousin Michael, which I think you've met too. And then, um, then the next day we watched even older videos from 1962. Uh-huh, to 1960 your, your of, mom hoeing around or something no my mom was born in 1962 <laughs> oh shit okay yeah so uh, yeah your mom's old i know my mom is old <laughs> she was probably born in the 20s no i'm kidding it was uh my apparently my my abuela's brother came from cuba first in the early 60s like 60 61 
And he came here and he did very well for himself. He started working at a factory and the factory owners, when they died, left the factory to him and my, oh. my tia. Yeah. So because of that, they did very well. So for being immigrants, they lived in a nice house in California. They had a camcorder camera that they were documenting, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And so I got to see California like in the early 1960s when my when my family was living there. And a few years later is when my family arrives, like my side of the family, my abuelo, my abuela, my, and my, my, my mom and her siblings. And you, it's literally video footage of them coming off the plane when they arrive. Oh, it's insane. I was like, Oh my God, this is my family. Literally the first arriving. time stepping onto America. Technically American not the soul. first time. Cause they flew into Miami. Yeah. You could just say it. They flew into time. Miami. They were in Miami for four days for processing. Uh -huh. And then they flew to California. Mm -hmm. I and think then I that's got, where my other my uncle got the footage of them coming off. The my family also, when they left Cuba, the first place they lived in was California, too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people. And New Jersey. My also. dad also on my dad's side. He also. Yeah. Went to California. Yeah. I feel like they're probably just more welcoming of the. <laughs> I the don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it was insane. Yeah. I was like, this is so surreal to see. And then I see my grandparents so young. Uh -huh. and like It was really cool. 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 Well, um, I had a good thanksgiving too we went to um my husband's side of the family my sister was just like eh, you know it's just we're a small family so we were just like i don't know uh so i went to uh uncle's uh robert's uncle's house and we had uh we watched i'm sorry we played games we played scattergores right mm -hmm. So uh, my five-year-olds wanted to play, and I always love including her in games because she's already kind of like she gets stuff, so she could do some stuff. Uh, the little one, and I don't even think she's ever going to grow into it. She's just all over the place, so, <laughs> you know. Um, so Scattergorous is basically like you roll the die, and it, a letter comes out, and then you have a list of things, and then you have a, a timer, and you have to write all of the things, but starting with the letter that you rolled. I'm sure you fucking know your, your game board queen over here. You I've, know. I've played it once. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's fairly easy. It's a good like group game. Yeah. And it's it's easy so that like you don't have to sit there for hours going over the instructions because mm -hmm. I get lost. And we I played. What do you mean? What do you mean? That's a good one, too. I like Oh, you played that one at Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> That's dinner. a good one. So we played category. So then what she would do was she would whenever the letter would be rolled she would take the letter and she would write all the let all the words she knows with that letter oh so cute and it was That's so, so good practice cute for her totally and she's five and she's doing really good with letters and stuff and like she wrote out words like you could tell she sounded it out and although it wasn't spelled right she it tried really, to spell it out right she yeah. tried and it did a really good job she had written the word mustache and it was like she was missing one letter Oh wow! And I was like, "That's wow, good. That's you... a hard word to spell for a five-year-old." Yes, so she was. We we kept celebrating her because she was doing so good doing that, and she was having like a good time. So, so oh. we did that. I ate so much sweet potato casserole. <laughs> oh my god, I ate too much. It was so good though. Oh, and that's like, okay, being Hispanic and always having grown up in like a Hispanic Thanksgiving, like. Sweet potato casserole is not something that Hispanic, that Cubans do. Yeah. And um, so there's certain Lechon. like white people Thanksgiving <laughs> staples that I absolutely love because I've never had. I don't really get, I get too much. That's the only chances. time of year you eat it, right? And no, and 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 I and really I started eating this not that you know like Reese like I, it wasn't something that I had in my childhood. Yeah, is what I'm saying. We didn't have 
white Thanksgiving. We had Cuban Thanksgiving. Yeah, so with was lechon, like lechon, frijoles, arroz, right. yuca. Yuca, yes, yeah. same, exactly. Same. I didn't start having American until older when my mom started, you know, yeah, dating American exactly, men. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So sweet potato casserole and man, Robert's cousin's wife, Stacy, bro. This white, whitest name possible, right? <laughs> Stacy throws down the meanest sweet potato casserole, bro. She puts like nuts in it, candies oh. them, puts some marshmallow. It was amazing, and I just kind of I felt a little bit. I was I felt so bad for eating so much of that that I was like, I don't deserve desserts. We're gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna eat dessert. That was like that dessert. is dessert and green bean casseroles. I love that shit. It's not healthy. Because it's not the healthy version of string of beans. I know you're not into <laughs> any vegetable. If the vegetable touched it, Captain Jay's like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> but green bean casserole, I mean, it's like the almost unhealthiest way of of cooking vegetables. You know, <laughs> yeah, green beans. I especially hate green beans. I was traumatized by them as a child. Really? Yeah, because that to was yeah, that Ugh. was always one of the 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 vegetables that my family always made especially my aunt and when i would stay at her house she would force feed it to me if i wouldn't eat it god that is terrible I, i'm trying not to do that with my kids too we barely eat vegetables ourselves but <laughs> which i should be like a little bit more like hey guys but i also don't want to like bother them i don't want to traumatize them with food or exactly. anything really like oh uh I, with like the with the medicine Yes. When I had to shove it down, I didn't want it. Yeah, because I will remember having to get medicine shoved down my throat. would hold my nose, shove it down my throat, and close my mouth. Oh my and I was like, man, I, I, you know, I was watching myself do this to my child going, don't make me traumatize you. You're like reliving your trauma. Yeah. And then I'm like, it, but this time you're the perpetrator. Yes, it's <laughs> awful. It's terrible. But I figured out a hack. We did the lollipop hack. Yeah. And that's all that. <laughs> so anyways, that was Thanksgiving. Um, I've been watching a lot of stuff on TV. Well, Netflix. Yeah, that's TV. So did you, I think you had said, did you watch the Ghislaine doc? Well, I, oh, saw, I, say, I saw the Ghislaine. Jeffrey Epstein one. I haven't seen the Ghislaine okay, one Okay, so I saw the Ghislaine one. Robert was like, you it's wouldn't watch the Jeffrey so Epstein with, with me. Why are you watching this? And I was just like, whatever, bro. I just put it on. Uh, but yeah, you know what makes me most mad about that documentary? You, you want to know how many years this bitch got? Nine. She got 20. I thought it was nine. No, she got 20. I don't know if they've changed that's still it. still not enough. But still, that's not enough. They I thought it got reduced 500. down to nine. We're talking about like 500 women. I thought it got, it got reduced down to nine. I, I mean, look, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. The documentary says 20. But she deserves to be in that's prison terrible. for the rest of her life. She does. So that one was you know pretty... how many girls' lives were ruined, destroyed, women's lives. Like five hundred. They were too. talking about numbers. I was like, God damn. Yeah. Because it was like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. And it's annoying that we don't know who all the people involved were. Yeah. It's that's extremely terrible. annoying. Like, yeah. why, why have has that not because come out? mira dinero money if you got the money you got you can cover it up you could do all of that dirty shit and everybody tries to make poor people look like but they're what, the bad guys the but these rich people be getting away with murder in the documentary what is the reasoning why none of the names have come out did they even touch on that of the people in the book no they didn't touch on that they were really really focusing on like her the victims and her who she was what she came off like 
the people that who were the customers yeah i know I'm sorry. It makes me so angry. It just makes me so but angry. But the whole situation, and it's always like, fuck, it just makes you like, the system is constantly rigged, and it's just so fucking hard. It's This lady ruins hundreds of women's lives, gets 20 years, maybe reduced. Somebody who got caught conspiracy to sell weed never had a fucking Lifetime incident. in jail. Love. One guy that had like, what was it that Stephanie told us? He had like a joint on him or 20s worth of right. weed. And it was since it was his third strike, he got life. That's insane to me. That is absolutely bonkers to me. So anyways. It makes no fucking That sense. documentary, I watched that. <laughs> I, I finished watching the Killer Sally documentary of the muscle lady. I want to watch that too. Damn. I have to get back on the doc. It's pretty good. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I get into documentaries. I also like like silly, funny, quirky documentaries. But this one was really good. Also, feel heartbroken for the lady because you know that she was defending herself, and huh. <clears throat> they try to paint. I mean, I'm convinced. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I have I'm no convinced idea. the lady was innocent. In I mean, no, she killed her husband. But she did it in self-defense. It wasn't that she killed him because of whatever else. Mm. I mean, it was. I mean, he was an abuser, and she was just so used to the abuse that she didn't really think of it as abuse until after the fact that that she had to defend herself. Like, yeah, she didn't want to die. And then I saw <laughs> the Pepsi. Do you remember Pepsi Points? No. There was a whole time in the nineties where I didn't drink Pepsi. I'm a Coke. I know. Drinker. I'm a Coke drinker. Uh, I mean, I, I drank all the sodas because my dad worked for Entenmann's and he had all the connections with all the bad junk food people. <laughs> uh, but uh, we would get connect, we would get hookups with Pepsi points. So I was able to peruse the catalog and get ourselves some Pepsi's gear. Uh, but <laughs> part of this video uh, or advertisement, they had a commercial and it's so iconic. I remember this commercial. Uh, where it talks about like, oh, Pepsi points and all the things you can get. You can get a leather jacket. You get some sunglasses. The end of the commercial is this kid gets to school in a jet and a Harrier, like a fucking army jet. Like <laughs> a fucking jet. Yeah, a jet. No disclaimer. No nothing on the commercial. So this guy goes, I want the jet. Nobody said I can't get the jet. I got to figure out a way to get as many Pepsi points as possible to get the jet. How many Pepsi points did you need? It was like 7 million. And then they changed it to 700 million. So they kind of like, they showed that they were accepting the fact that they might have fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. And all the characters involved are very interesting. And then they get, go into a whole like lawyer characters? battle. Isn't this a real no, life thing? No, it's a real it's life a thing, but the people are characters. Like, they're like, they're like. Oh, because it's it's not a documentary? No, it is a documentary, oh. but the people are like interesting. Oh, yeah. They're, they're they characters. Have, they're, they're yeah, characters. they're not like okay. fake, but they're, you know, <laughs> interesting. This so. sounds like they got to be characters. Oh, my God. Like uh, lawyers. Are you kidding me? Once you hear there's lawyers involved, it's a lot of lawyers. Hey, I, I wanted to be a lawyer one time. Hey, I, uh, lawyers. You know, they're very theatrical. So I, I have a couple friends who went to uh, to took theater with me who became lawyers. Uh, but you you uh, you go into a court of law and it's like watching fucking a TV. It's like it's the, it's the acting is amazing. Yeah, I liked a lot of law stuff. So I was always like, yeah, I want to do that. 
Yeah, so uh, that was pretty interesting <laughs> uh, Pepsi documentary. And then we started watching The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It's on Netflix. What is that? The trailer's really funny. It looks really good, but I feel like it's one of those movies where they put all the good parts in the trailer. So once you start watching the movie, you're like, this is whatever's. I don't even know what movie that is. It's a new movie. It's a Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum. Sandra Bullock is like writes um romance uh novels, and he <coughs> is like the Fabio to her okay. books. So he goes on tour with her, and so then she has to. She, it, whatever it's ridiculous. It's pretty fucking ridiculous, and it, I think they put all the good parts in the trailer. So I don't know. I would say maybe you know sp- skip that one. Maybe. <laughs> Spend your time. I mean, you know what? It's I one definitely of those- want to watch the Killer Sally and the Ghislaine. The Ghislaine one, I'm probably gonna wait until I mean, after the you holidays saw or something. Jeffrey I Epstein angry. one. I don't know that there's. It's just it gives you more in depth to like who she was. We, and they all come from fucking Buku Bucks, bro. Buku Bucks. This bitch grew up rich. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. You know how I feel about rich people. I'm like that. That's the problem right there. Is she? Yeah, they talk about how she had no boundaries. Yeah, she had money to do whatever the fuck she wanted. Of course, she had no boundaries. Hey, did you see Liberty Health Sciences just reopened in Dania Beach? Yeah, isn't that spot close to you? Yep, super convenient. And you get 50% off of your first three visits. That's awesome. Sounds like I'm going to be going to Liberty Health Sciences. Yes, and you know what else? Liberty's customer service, unrivaled. And they have over 50 locations throughout Florida to serve our listeners from all over the state, which is great. They now have the later days line of flower. Time to say peace out to overpriced eights. Liberty Health Sciences is going back to the good old days of whole flower eights for only $20 all day, every day, all year. This isn't discount flower or unpopular strains either. These are the OG strains that you know and love, like Gorilla Glue, Runts, and Banana OG. So let's look forward to quality flower and say later days to high prices exclusively at Liberty Health Sciences. Have you done any um have you done any Christmas shopping yet? Oh no. Uh, it's about to start. Look. I know. Dun, dun, dun. Behind us, you can see our cannabis Christmas advent calendar soon to be on our social media. Stay tuned. So no, I'm a procrastinator. I uh don't really wait. I wait until the very last second because of my ADHD or something. I same. Yeah, I know. Plus, we're pretty broke. So we're trying to see uh, we're trying to strategically plan the gifts and see which family members want to cover some some gifts for the kids. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? I get this is the time where everybody starts asking what does Jillian want or like coordinate. Right. Because I want to get them skates or something for them to start kind of like, you yeah, know, going outside. outside of their, you know, comfort level and start doing something like that. Um, so I'm trying to get them all the gear, right? So I'm trying to get one uh, set of family members to do the helmet, maybe another set of family members to do like the pads, the elbow pads and all mm-hmm, that shit. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that. Uh, but I'm not really shop. I don't really do much shopping. I know. I've, I haven't done any shopping yet. I, I still am trying to compile a list of ideas for what the boy wants. I'm already starting to make a wish list for things. Oh, I do the picture thing you taught me. Yes. Yeah. I, like when we go to the store, I was like, make sure you take a picture. Uh, let us know what you want. We'll take a picture to send to Santa. And we <laughs> take pictures of everything at the store. Um, and then we're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to send it to Santa. And that you know exactly what they want. I could share those pictures with family members when they ask what they want. 
But the only shopping I did on Black Friday, you didn't do anything on Black Friday, nah. not even online? No. Because now they're doing a lot of stuff online. I did like some cannabis Black Friday shopping. That's my kind of Black Friday shopping. Yeah, right? So I, I took advantage of the fact that I was out in Tampa to like go places and see people that I don't get to see because we're so far apart. Um, and our friend Terry was going to be at an event at Sunnyside. It was a mixed event where they had vendors outside, um, you know, small business vendors. And then inside they had the they're promoting their Black Friday sale, which was 40 percent off um, store wide. So before I went inside Sunnyside, I got to see Terry from TK Suites. I got to see Marta from uh, The Logical Hippie. I got to see a couple other nice vendors that were there. It was nice. And I bought a couple things um, in Sunnyside, which later I was like, damn, I shouldn't have bought so much flour there because I ran out of my flour wreck because mm. I wanted to go check out Insa. Oh, because you didn't Insa, get any other flour? I didn't get any other flour. But the guy, the guy that helped me there, Casey, he was so nice and so like, took the time, didn't feel rushed, really showed me around, explained the products to me. And then my my Dia went with me to these things. Oh, cool. I was like, oh, Dia, you want to come? I'm going to like a little this. And she's like, yeah, I want to come. And she she bought from the vendors outside. And then she oh, was. Oh, because they have everything. They're selling all their stuff out there. Yes. Oh. So um, she, uh, but when, when she went inside, she took advantage and started asking questions to learn about it because she's considering becoming a patient. And so, and he was very, you know, patient, like with explaining all the things to her because she was asking a lot of questions and stuff. And it was really cool. It was nice. And uh, they had 30% off at their store. Their store is really nice. The, it looks really good the when you come side. in. Uh, oh. The Insa. Oh, Insa. Yeah. She said, my idea compared like the displays that they have to like a candy store because it's like these um oh they look like little, little like cake covers and stuff like that yeah it was like big rounded displays of glass and then it had shelves inside and it had all the products laid out in there she's like i feel like i'm in a candy store <laughs> <laughs> you are and it was adults. really nice and they have a little flower bar section where they have all their flour inside of a container where you can look, smell it and smell it yeah and look through the little magnifying glass it was nice it was a nice location so i'm looking forward to them uh coming out here Huh. Yeah. Oh, they are, they're opening a store in Miami. Yeah. Didn't you nice. talk to them through social? Yeah. They want to get on the book girl. girl. I told them. And I, when I was there, I was like, I gave some stickers to um, the gentleman that helped me. And I was like, and he told his general manager that was there oh, that happened to be there. I forgot to tell you that nice. the general manager happened to be there. And he came over and introduced himself to me. And I said, oh, nice to meet you. And he's like, he said he'd link us up with their events people sweet yeah because we're trying to do the miami bud crawl locally and which i was driving down biscayne yesterday and there's a nice little little route, route right there jump on but we're trying to bring the bud crawl to miami our hometown that's gonna be lit and uh and then possibly take it to tampa so stay tuned for that yeah we're looking for a date sometime in march probably we're just trying to finalize that soon yes stay tuned but in the meantime we got uh one of your favorite segments roll the clip News Nugs, where we get high and, and read, read the, the weed news, news to you. you. <laughs> Sorry, fuck that. No. no, I usually say news. I don't usually say weed news. Oh. You're right. I just changed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right. Well, this story, guys, I saw the headline. I thought this was crazy. What the hell? Yeah, I saw this and I instantly thought of like Robocop when I saw it because I was like, what? Cops may soon be able to scan your eyeballs to see if you're driving stoned. That's too much. They're doing too much with this. Yeah, I feel like that's way, way, way invasion. Like, because what else can they possibly be capturing when they scan your eyeballs? (laughs) 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 All right. If you're watching this. You guys don't get it if you're not listening. Sorry. We're uh, we're throwing up some funny graphics. (laughs) And uh, it it says uh, Wayne from Wayne's World getting pulled over. Yeah. (laughs) Cops so they're gonna that's ridiculous that seems a little bit uh extra yeah a little too extra so a montana-based company called gaze oh shut up (laughs) get out of my face has developed a device which can scan the user's eye and utilize crazy futuristic robot intelligence (laughs) to detect thc impairment that line is ridiculous (laughs) utilize crazy futuristic robot intelligence According to the company's founder, Ken Fitch, Fitchler, uh-huh. American law enforcement agencies have already agreed to use the technology, though he could not specify which ones. Yeah, of course. I'll preface all this by saying I am pro-cannabis. Yeah, okay. I'm pro-cannabis legalization. Yeah, because it's going to make you money. Uh-huh. I'm doing this because I see a distinct need at the federal level to have some product to detect impairment so we keep our roads safe. Uh huh. Narc for <laughs> fucking narc. Time, like, narc, are you bro. kidding me, narc? <laughs> Get out of here, narc. The device is akin to a virtual reality headset of sorts that a police officer would hypothetically place on the head of a driver suspected of reefer smoking. Another word, <laughs> reefer. Reefer. And the fact that they use the word reefer. Yeah. For the, uh, like, let's the go back to let's go back to where someone said that pot was a word for people who don't <laughs> use weed. How about reefer? That's a good one there. It shrouds the suspect in darkness for a few moments before shining a bright light to electronically scan the movement of the suspect's eyeballs. <laughs> the eyes. <laughs> oh my god! I want to. I want to set this this company on fire. <laughs> The eyes are the window to the soul. The eyes offer a remarkably clear picture into the mental state of a person. They're full of involuntary micro movements and reflex responses that transmit information about someone's impairment or sobriety. What? The gaze website states. Oh, my God. I hate this. According to Fitchler, the scan cannot be used as evidence in court, much like a traditional breathalyzer. But police officers can use it in the field if they suspect someone is high so as to take their own bias or out of the equation completely. Gays cannot yet quantify impairment like a traditional breathalyzer does. Uh huh. And hopefully it never fucking will. But it can essentially indicate if the person is intoxicated enough for their eye to respond to stimulus differently than it normally would. What? Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, if you have the science to back it up. Okay, well, you can't simply measure THC and say, yeah, okay, this guy's high because he's got five nanograms of THC in his body, right? It just doesn't work that way, Fischler said. What we're doing is actually directly measuring how impairment manifests in the body, which I think is a much more rational, measured, and fair path forward. Wait, so does that mean that, like, someone 
obviously someone who's been smoking for a while is going to react differently than someone who's brand new to the smoking world. I don't even know how it's measuring what the fuck in your eyeballs to tell that you're too high to fucking drive or be that you're impaired. I mean, look, sometimes you do look at people and go, damn, that person is stoned as hell. Yeah, you do. (laughs) This machine's going to be like, yep, this one. But there, what science is there in that? Yeah, this guy, Fitchler. Fitchler said the test is based on several different studies which have spanned the last 40 years, including a 350 patient clinical trial, participant uh, trial, yeah, patient participant, a clinical trial gaze conducted themselves, a cursory search of how cannabis affects eye movement does indeed show several peer reviewed studies on the matter dating back to at least 1979. As with most scientific studies, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation or error but try as I might, I could not find much to dispute the science behind this technology. It turns, it turns out eyeballs are just dirty little snitches <laughs> that will sell stoners out at every time. This guy sounds like he's like, ah, this you guy know, sounds uh, like a you know guys, uh, you know, guys, like, uh, I like smoking pot, but, uh, you know, uh, there's some sort of science behind it. Come on. There's a lot of changes that happen and a lot of them happen at a scale that a human couldn't necessarily see unless they were looking really close or even using a magnifying glass or something. Our product is sensitive enough that we can detect these really minute changes, Fitchler said. Fitchler did make a point of saying gays will not be selling the technology arbitrarily to be used for nefarious purposes. But if you work a dangerous job or like to get high on your morning commute, you may find yourself staring into the bright light of a gaze headset soon. What? Fitchler was not able to provide high times with an estimated date that law enforcement agencies might begin to roll out the use of the headsets. He also seems like he's got a he couple of holes. He sounds like he's talking shit. Yeah, he sounds like he's, he's blowing he's, smoke. Yeah, he sounds like uh-huh, he's, uh-huh. He sounds like he's <laughs> pun. <laughs> uh-huh. He sounds like he's full of it. Bunch of smoke and mirrors. Uh-huh. Exactly. Which, let me tell you, in this industry, bro, bro, you don't know until you know. And then when you know, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, he doesn't know when it's going to roll out, uh, but he seems to speak with the voice of a man who had signed one or more non-disclosure agreements rather than a man waiting for orders to start coming in. <laughs> <laughs> it's being evaluated by some really high-profile departments, Fitchler said. They haven't all adopted it yet, but some have. My hope is that within a couple of years, maybe the sort of standard practice. No, it's Narc. not. No, that's not happening. Yeah. That sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Malarkey even. <laughs> Talking about old school words, dope. Fucking reefer. This next story is not a bunch of bullshit, though. This is our homies, actually, that their company that they work at was featured in High Times Magazine, oh. Miyabi and Riley. Nice. So I saw this story at the beginning of the month, and I wanted you know, to see where we could work it into the show and talk about it. So the creator explains patented process to extract cannabinoids from smoke. I actually spoke to this to Casey about this at INSA because I was talking about how edibles don't work for me. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, I, I guess I don't have the enzyme that converts the, you know, to the particle, whatever, mm-hmm. to the type of cannabinoid that actually gets you high through an edible. Um, <clears throat> and so I was telling him about this, like, I want to try their edibles because they're taking the cannabinoids directly from smoke. So they're already... Which I cannot wrap my mind around, but okay. So here we go. 
Extracting cannabinoids from smoke is now a reality using a patented extraction method, activating compounds at levels only achieved via smoking. Why? Imagine edibles made with an oil that provides more of the impact you normally get from smoking. So you'll get right because of how it is is different than how it is to get an edible. So Boston, Massachusetts based real uh, isolates, real isolates is the name of the company announced on October 24th that it has been that has been issued a patent by the United States Patent and Trademark Office for a novel method used to extract cannabinoids and other compounds from cannabis smoke. And they talked to us about it on the show. Miyabi went through the process sort of with us, you know, in layman terms. Because right. <laughs> sounds very complicated. <laughs> or, I mean, I can only, that's my mind can only overcomplicate everything pretty much. The company, the company introduced a new brand as well as two products in oil form. Smoking All Day is a CBD-forward cannabis smoke extract derived from hemp. The THC-rich extracted oil created by this method, on the other hand, is sold and licensed under the brand name Smoking All. is rich in common and rare cannabinoids and enables a new category of oral, topical, and inhaled cannabis products. Profound Naturals is the brand under which hemp-derived Smoking All Day CBD products are sold. So they have <clears throat> Profound Naturals, which is all their like hemp products, and then they have Smoke and All that has their THC rich project mm. products. Creator Smoke and All and Vice President of Co and Co-Founder of Real Isolates, Andy Westerkamp, explained the concept and products using Real Isolates novel extraction method. The reasoning behind the new extraction method comes down to common consumer preferences. Do you prefer edibles or smoking? Westerkamp asked High Times. I prefer smoking. My wife prefers smoking and most of my friends do. If you look at consumer preference surveys or sales data in the cannabis industry, it's largely going to show you the same thing. Consumer sales are smokable products, whether it's flour, concentrates, or you name it. Smoking feels different than edibles. I wouldn't know, but still, that'd be great to have like an edible that's even if it makes me feel like how I want to smoke. That's great. That's great to have. To not have to smoke it. So Andy, the one that they were talking about um, is the one that's actually on the podcast with them now too. Mm. Um, Miami and Riley and Andy now do the show together. So the reason smoking feels different than edibles is that through your liver, cannabis is metabolized through your liver, transforming THC. Here it is. THC into 11-hydroxy-THC in your liver. Smoking feels different because of the way compounds are transformed under high heat. In any case, some level of decarboxylation or transformation of the compounds is necessary. So basically, to put in perspective, the ember on a joint or a cherry on a bowl is probably somewhere between 900 to 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit, Westerkamp said. That's really high. The lighter burns at 2,000 plus degrees Fahrenheit. So when we're applying that amount of heat to the input material, we're, you're going to transform everything. For real isolates first experiment, the team took 99% pure CBD isolate, burned it on a dab rig, and sent it through a special filter, allowing them to extract 18 different cannabinoids. That's crazy. Every single one of those, <clears throat> every single one of those cannabinoids in the input material there um, there are over 100 in the plant, or you know, a variety of your concentrate of choice. Those are going to transform significantly before you inhale. So essentially, when you're smoking, you're consuming a completely different chemical product than when you eat a traditional edible ec- extract. So for us, we are designed a special filter that we'll call the l- that we call the lung internally. So they that's what they named their filter, the lung, because it's like doing what the lung does. Yeah, that's cool. 
Given that millions of people are unable to smoke due to chronic respiratory conditions and so forth, this method allows them to feel some sort of the effects. Westercamp said they designed this filter to selectively capture those compounds out of the smoke so that we can deliver them in different formats like specifically edibles, but edible tinctures, topicals, suppositories, vapes, you name it. So we take that profile, that chemical fingerprint that you would only get from smoking, and now put it into other things. And our trademark there is, you know, our slogan is we smoked it for you, <laughs> which is literally what we're doing. You don't necessarily have to decide between edibles or similar effects compared to smoking. If you're curious about learning more about Real Isolate's unique extraction methods and products, visit the website. I thought I think that's really cool. I'm really interested in trying some of those. Yeah, I like the idea of uh, well, I, well, I like all the different ways and all the different things people are doing with it. You know, um, it's crazy. I feel like once it's legalized, we could do so much more with it. But it is really amazing just to see what we're already doing with it. It is. It really is. So now we go to our next segment. Oh, we love this one. We know you love it, too. Because we all love. I love you, Miami! Yeah, I love you, Miami. Well, this is an... I, I, I found this story and I was like, oh, man. This is crazy. So um, a black farmer's death spurs a dispute over a Florida marijuana license. Moton Hopkins went from being one of the state's most successful black farmers to working odd jobs to support his family after a devastating drought and discrimination by the federal government wiped out the Florida Navy native's livelihood. But the cowboy legend <clears throat> entrepreneur who traveled the country selling his family farms, fruits and veggies and his allies jumped on an opportunity to try to cash in on what is the potential to be one of Florida's most lucrative crops, marijuana. Hopkins was among a dozen farmers and their teams who sought a medical marijuana license, likely fourth, likely worth tens of millions of dollars, designated in Florida law for a black farmer who participated in a class action lawsuit over lending discriminations by the federal government. State health officials deemed the application submitted by Hopkins and Hatchet Creek Farms, of which he owned 51%, to be the cream of the crop. But Department of Health officials in September announced they intended to grant the license for what is known as a Medical Marijuana Treatment Center, or MMTC, to someone else, because the 84-year-old Hopkins died before the state's decision about the license was finalized. 84. Any interest Mr. Hopkins had in the MMTC application ceased upon Mr. Hopkins' death as the licensure qualifications are personal to Mr. Hopkins and do not flow to third parties, the health officials wrote on September 20th. Hopkins' heirs at ha in Hatchet Creek, however, argue that nothing in state rules requires that the application be applicant be alive when the license is ultimately awarded. Our application got the highest score. That's undisputed, Thomas Sosnowski, an attorney with the Boyce Schiller Flexner firm who represents the Hopkins family in Hatchet Creek, told the news service of Florida. That means a department determined that Hatchet Creek Farms was the business that was in the best position among all the applicants to best serve the citizens of Florida and the health and safety goals required for medical marijuana, medical marijuana treatment center. That's important. The Hopkins team also said participation in the class action lawsuit against the federal government 
government was a gating requirement for applicants to make it to the next phases of evaluation and that a license can't be personal to a medical marijuana officer. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's a farm. He's like just he one is person. the one who was the main guy behind the farm, but it's a farm. Like, how is it? Yeah, it's not and like any good company some has a in his succession house. plan. So whoever was said to be the successor in his place right. is sufficient to operate the business yeah this is just florida being shady and trying to like super fucking shady you know hopkins 50 hopkins 51 percent majority interest in hatchet creek passed to his heirs hopkins widow algene and son molten hopkins jr after he died the petition said the elder hopkins was a fixture in the ocala community where he and his wife ran the city's first black owned restaurant for more than five decades members of his team told the news service the application process for the black farmer license is the first time the state has accepted applications from prospective medical marijuana operators since an initial round of licensing more than six years ago. And competition to gain a foothold in Florida where existing licenses have fetched upwards of 50 million is fierce. The state's cannabis program has exploded since voters approved a constitutional amendment broadly authorizing medical marijuana in 2016. Florida has more than 750,000 patients, 22 licensed operators, and hundreds of dispensaries from Pensacola to Key West. A 2017 law that provided an overall framework for the industry required health officials to issue a license to people with ties to the class action litigation known as the Pigford litigation. State health officials began accepting applications for the Black Farmer license in March, and in September announced they intended to grant the license to Sewanee County Farmer Terry Donnell Gwynn. All of the applicants who lost out are challenging the decision. Hopkins lawyers argue the license should go to the entity, not the individual affiliated with the application. True. In a petition, they seek a hearing to determine whether health officials erroneously relied on an unadopted rule that licensure qualifications are personal to Hopkins. The department state in its denial letter that licensure qualifications are personal to a Pigford BFL class member is an unadopted rule that was created ad hoc by the department and used for the first time in its denial letter, mm -hmm. the petition said. Once the application is submitted, the applicant conflates to include the entity for score for scoring and licensing purposes, as the applicant must satisfy certain licensing requirements that only an entity can, can satisfy. Exactly. Including the ability to operate a food establishment, among others. The lawyers also argued that it is irrelevant whether Hopkins lives long enough to see the results of his submission, as it is his entity that is the applicant for purpose of licensure. Thus, once submitted, his entity and its members have a substantial interest in the application and its prospective MMTC license. Yep, sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Sounds like Tito wants to be on the show. I know, yeah, sorry guys, I got my new dog Tito is not as chill as Jack and he goes off when he hears shit outside. He's like, who's out there? This all this story also reminds me of the public's point, the public's, the uh, Pepsi points uh, documentary. Because <laughs> then afterwards, everybody's like, no, no, it was a joke. It was a joke. We weren't, we weren't really offering the jet. And it's just like, what? No, this is like, you guys know he deserves, his entity deserves the license. Yeah. Like it, it, he's not the person Just like alone. that guy deserved the jet. Okay. <laughs> the petition also blamed the Department of Health for dragging his feet on the black farmer license hell yeah they did drag their feet in 2018 state lawmakers called for the license to be issued as soon as practical 
practicable, practical, practical, practicable. Practicable. I was thinking practical, but that's not practical. (laughs) Health officials announced in December 2021 that they would accept applications for the license. The application window opened in March. I'm pretty sure we recorded that when they announced it. Hmm. This is relevant here because if the department had compiled with its statutory mandate, Moton Hopkins would have not died. Not have died without yeah, his application. Was right. Pending. Hopkins lawyers. We were taking too long. For real. Hopkins legal team also argued that the denial of Hopkins application is fundamentally inconsistent with the Pickford settlement, which recognized that the heirs of an identified and qualified farmer are intended beneficiaries of the litigation. Oh, period. period. Seriously? <laughs> Come on. How can they even try? Denial of the application simply because Mr. Hopkins did not die soon enough or did not live long enough, but rather died during an interim period after his application was successfully submitted yet before the license award was announced is illogical and contrary to the purpose and goals of the federal legislation the lawyers wrote but jim mckee an attorney who represents gwynn said florida law and the rules for the application clearly require the license resulting from the pigford process to be awarded to a pigford class member the law does not permit the license to instead be awarded to a trust or any person or entity that is not a Pickford class member, he told the news service. Whatever, that sounds bro. like people making up the rules as they go along, right? Yeah, that sounds like yes yeah. to me. McKee also noted that Hopkins' application was disqualified because a manager included in the application failed to pass a background screening as required by law. But I thought they said that they were like the top one awarded. Right. The- the application process worked as intended and resulted in the highest scored qualified applicant being selected for an award, McKee said. Mr. Gwynn looks forward to the pending challenges being resolved so he can move forward with the licensure process. That, again, sounds they're very... They're just trying to avoid giving black farmers licenses. Right. It's It's crazy. It's just crazy to me. Well... I know we've uh, we're here. We're here at the end of the show. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for making this for making it this far. And we before hope you've enjoyed the show. We say goodbye. Let's remind them. <laughs> we have we have an advent calendar, you guys. Da da da. It's so cute. Do you see it? Super cute cannabis Christmas advent calendar. Yeah. So we have friends Whoop. and sponsors and contributors who are going to fill this cannabis christmas advent calendar and, and we'll we, open one every day of christmas and we'll be pulling out nice little gifts out of there every day for christmas follow along with us on our social media handles yeah yeah hey we want to thank our sponsors fluent chiba hut and liberty health sciences yes thank you so much thank you guys we, we love you especially want to thank our patrons our old school ogs yanni yes destiny Lauren, Jesse, Christy, Denise, Peaches, Natalie, Angelina, Jenny, Catherine, Jay, Christy, Guillermo, Dan, and Gabby. Gabby. It's so funny. I said Jesse and he's here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. We love you. Yeah, you, you don't have to pay. You don't have to give us money anymore. We should probably be giving you, we money, actually. you money. Yeah. Hey, uh, show website caption. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to read anymore. <laughs> no, don't read that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
Hey, you too can see all this fun stuff that we got. We got a lot of tricks up our sleeves and we really want you to check them out. Become a patron for early access to our episodes, additional content, video and full and versions of our interviews. We got some Zoom sessions. Our Discord is lit from time to time. Sometimes, you know, we're stoners and we're moms. So sometimes we get a little caught up. But when it's on fire, it's on fire. Um, and we also get together and go on mom trips. It's not that. Does that not sound fun to you? Yeah, I want to go does, back to Disney. I know, me too. I Yo, now that we took our husbands to that brunch place in Disney Springs, that Chef Arts. Yeah. Man, my husband's like, and today I brought it up. I'm like, I keep thinking about that place. And he's like, yeah, man, that food is so <laughs> good. So we do uh, dream of going back to Disney sometime soon. Hopefully uh, some of y'all can join us. Yes, please. And uh, make sure you're subscribed. If you can, rate and review our show, share our content, check out our website. Until then, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. We love you. We got a practice.